2: And now you haven't given him the coach that he wanted and LeBron James has quietly been about the business of trying to get Kawhi Leonard to come to the Los Angeles Lakers instead of the Los Angeles Clippers. So making a move like this by not bringing in the coach that he wants not securing that the coach that he wants in Los Angeles is his guy. You never know what dominoes are going to fall right now. <laughs>
1: Welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where, in lieu of doing the simple, logical, right-in-front-of-you, Captain Obvious move, the Lakers, of course, have once again bucked Common Sense Convention and somehow lost their number one coaching candidate in Tyron Lue by lowballing and disrespecting him and just a week before the lottery are somehow still scrambling for a coach. So no matter what way you try and spin this, you have to admit that the Lakers have found themselves in a lose-lose situation. Ricky, do you follow all that?
2: Ha ha. Yeah. No, that yes. That was a great, yeah, it was a great story. I loved it. It makes sense to me.
1: In, in lieu of, and <laughs> then I did the lose-lose situation because they mm-hmm. lost Tyron Lue. Oh my God. God. Hey Ricky, the fans are probably like, Who's Ricky? <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, and that's that's a great way to intro you because tonight, you know, this week, we were not supposed to do another podcast episode. In fact my co-hosts Tommy and Alan are very busy tonight. Uh, or maybe they've just opted out of the Lakers franchise entirely. And who can blame them, right? So That's smart. <laughs> so tonight, I had to employ some additional help. Tonight, we have on Mr. Ricky Barnes, RJ Barnes on Twitter. I don't know. He always changes his Twitter handle. So right now, I think it's uh, Ricky Protest.
2: <laughs> yeah, right now, it's Ricky Protest. Um, but it's always going to be the handles Mr. Ricky Spanish. So just just there find that and we'll we'll keep switching it up on with the Lakers mood. But yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, man. This is exciting.
1: Absolutely. This is as emergency podcast as you can get, right? I just reached out to Ricky on Twitter and I was like, "Hey bro, I know we haven't talked about this. This is super short notice, but can you hop on in the next 15 and 20 minutes cuz I need a vent and rant and I don't want to do this alone." So, Ricky, you're uh, you're
2: a savior right now. Let's get it, man. Yeah, I was literally talking to myself. It's 1143 here in Chicagoland and um, I was just talking to my sleeping wife about how much I'm upset with the (laughs) Lakers. So it's good to talk to you, man. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. Hey, let's do it properly in terms of why don't you just plug your Twitter handle again, but also your show because Ricky actually is the host of the Late Night Lake Show podcast. So Ricky, I'll let you do your own elevator pitch and then we can get right into it.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. So I host the Late Night Lake Show podcast with my host, Dan. Follow him based on Dan, it's just really a raw take on the Lakers. We just just turn on the podcast, press record and just spew our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. So if you're really just in for deep dives and just emotional roller coasters, that's another podcast to add to your repertoire. Obviously, after you listen to the Lakers Legacy podcast, of course. But yeah, I am a. Uh, I'm always on Twitter talking about something Lakers related. So make sure you follow me there too. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can catch me on
1: one of the late night, Lake show podcast episodes where we talked about the magic Johnson debacle. So here we are uh, just repaying the favor for me right here. So Ricky, this past Tuesday, me and Tommy released the new Lakers legacy podcast episode. Um, I have to admit it was a bit premature and presumptuous mm-hmm. of an episode, but 42nd birthday Laker cake was enough for me to say, Hey, let's release a Tyron Lu episode. And well, yeah, we jinxed it. You would think for anyone who listened to that podcast episode, or for anyone who simply wants to scroll down a bit on whatever podcast app you're currently listening to this on, you'll very easily see the greatest and most ironic episode title ever episode 239 Tying up, lose,
2: ends. That's fantastic. (sighs) This is literally the reason why I record every two weeks. Um, I just don't know what the hell's going to happen. And I would get way too pissed off of news breaking and I've recorded. So hats off to you and your team at Lakers Legacy. But... My God, is it a lot going on (laughs) a lot. Dude, that episode had a shelf life of
1: literally 12 hours. (laughs) But that's what you get. This is the the life we chose, right? Yes, sir. And um, I honestly, I was almost very tempted to be like, you know what? Lakers fans deserve that episode to sit up there for the next week and a half till we can do another one next week because, I mean, it's so fitting for the way things are going right now to have an episode that says tying up loose ends and it's anything but that, you know, instead the Lakers are unraveling in the most brazen and glaringly embarrassing way. So, but here we are. I felt like we just needed to do another one. Obviously, I hope fans aren't expecting some coherent and deep insightful thoughts right now. Again, this is going to (laughs) be, this is going to be our raw off the cuff, shoot the shit kind of moment about just Mm -hmm. the mess that's happening. So well, first, I want to say our bad for acting like it was close to a done deal and, and also our bad for foolishly giving the front office the benefit of the doubt once again and injecting some hope and optimism about the team's direction during such a dysfunctional and manic time in Lakers nation. Uh, but now we'll get right down to the, the nitty gritty. And I don't think we need to go into any more exposition about what the hell is going on. Yeah. Obviously, Tyron Lue has walked away and the Lakers are scrambling. So, mm-hmm. Ricky... How did you go about processing all the different and creative ways the Lakers have managed to disappoint and let down their fans when victory, or at the very least an air of positivity, was oh so sweetly there for the taking? Like a free bomb-ass sample from Trader Joe's. But no, the Lakers, as has so often been the case during this rebuild era, have once again snatched defeat from the jaws of victory so how how did you go about processing that that they once again did it to us and uh can you actually believe it?
2: It's deja vu it it's honestly just a repeat of the trade deadline. I had egg in my face then when all the leaks came out and reports that Lakers are offering the house for Anthony Davis, right and it was just. Information was flowing so fast. You were like, it has to happen. It it can't not happen. Then it didn't happen. And I felt like an idiot for thinking that A plus B equals C when in reality that had nothing. It was furthest from the truth. We were being played by the Pelicans the whole time. Fast forward to this situation. The man had a birthday cake with the Lakers logo on it. I don't know what I don't know what you're supposed to do over there on the Lakers Legacy podcast, but if I'm shooting a recording a podcast and I see a guy with the Lakers cake and he's interviewing for, hey, coach, I'm gonna just put two and two together. But once again, it's a fool's errand to assume anything about this organization. Like mm-hmm. the only thing that they are consistent at is being inconsistent. They stumble over their own feet. So often I have to start looking to see if they are that something's genuinely wrong internally with the organization. I don't know what Jeannie's ultimate plan is. I don't know why there are other voices playing a bigger role that seem to be we get new names every week of who's <laughs> behind door number two and door number three about who's in charge and running the shots or calling the shots with the Lakers. Right. So I'm you asked me how I'm processing all of this uh, like a former point guard for the Lakers. I'm still loading. I don't know what the <laughs> hell's about to happen tomorrow. Excuse me. Can we? Can I? Can I get a little cursy on here? I'll try to keep it. Oh, absolutely. I'll try to keep it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. It's des- desperate times. I'm mad as hell, right? So I I feel like something's going to drop tomorrow, and then the next day, and now everybody's trying to save face in such a shitty situation so i'm really just bracing for impact right now this doesn't seem like it's gonna get any better uh and i think we know what the ultimate rock bottom is as far as who could you know be taking over but i i won't go too far down the trail man how did how did this land all with you like
1: <laughs> hey buddy by the way i like that loading comment and throwback to deloading um although i don't think that we're even in the loading moment, we're in straight internet explorer, ding 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 crash. Oh my God. <laughs> crash mode. We can't, we can't process is, is the, the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. So what, I don't even know where to start with regards to what's the worst part about all of this, right? I think that's a good right. question to ask uh, because, you know, taking it back to the eighty discussions. So we had the eighty discussions, how public they were. We had the Magic Johnson failed pep talks after that where nobody wanted to hear any of it. We had Magic Johnson saying bye Felicia in the most hilariously embarrassing fashion to the Ramby playing Geppetto over Genie Buss and Rob Palenka to now Rob Palenka overplaying his hand with Tai Liu. Oh my God! It's just a string of events right after another during the most pivotal and important offseason the Lakers have in in the last two years. You know, when I said the Lakers seem to always snatch victory or, sorry, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory.
2: Right. <laughs> it's
1: It's been this way ever since Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka took their chairs in the front office and, and started lording over this franchise because they got LeBron James, you know? I, I've never seen a franchise who've who's had success teed up for them in such a manner and just absolutely dropped the ball every single time. I think that's yep. the most disappointing part. All you have to do is... The most obvious, simple thing right in front of you and the fact that they continue to just drop the ball. And I live in Hollywood, right? I live in Los Angeles. Everybody has a script. Everybody's a writer. The Uber driver has a script that he wants you to read. Not even the worst writers could actually fabricate what's going on in terms of storylines of the ways that the Los Angeles Lakers could fail.
2: I turn it off. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's not believable. unrealistic
1: exactly yeah. it's like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever unless you are trying to be ironic and mm-hmm. that's where we are right now and for the longest while to be honest with you I was trying to maintain a cool and level head about all of this you know I was kind of sick and tired about Lakers are toxic let's talk about how toxic they are and just the ongoing circle jerk of toxicity right I was like ah can we just talk about the NBA draft or actually talk about basketball again or free agency approach i don't want to hear any of it but the lakers just continue to want to bang our head against a wall and remind us that they are dysfunctional
0: Mm -hmm. and we have to take notice
1: and and it's so disappointing because i don't want any part of that in my life you know (laughs) i don't need that none of us need that
2: I was talking to one of my uh, co-workers today and it was like mid-afternoon out by me and I just scrolling through the timeline and I'm just seeing all of the reports and people talking about how they're going to protest outside of Staples. And I just stopped and realized I was like, I'm in a bad mood. I've been in a bad mood all day. And my my actual life, it's going fine. Yes. What's pissing me off are the Los Angeles Lakers, and it's not even on-court reasons. I could deal with injuries. I could deal with LeBron being passive-aggressive, right? That's the fun stuff to gossip and dissect about. I'm really getting sick of having to complain about millionaire owners not making any decisions that seem anywhere close to being competent. Mm-hmm. Like, where is Rob Palenka's, uh experience in all of this? They're telling coaching candidates, we're not going to bring anyone above Rob. So, you know, just get locked into the Polink show, right? And then you have the, uh, wait, what did you call them? You called them the Rambi, right? Then you have yeah. the Rambi hopping in and giving their opinion about it all. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, God, would it be nice to have a best friend that was a millionaire, right? It seems like it's just all about who you know in these day and times with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's not just, you know, Lakers family. It's more like, Uh, junior high clicked up or high school mean girls oh you're one of us you're good to go doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter how awful you are you're a Los Angeles Laker you're here to stay sorry that's my impression I think of Linda (laughs) never heard her speak before but that's just how I feel right now man like you're affecting Mr. Lakers now this is a person you're affecting (laughs) my my mood and it's because you guys just don't know how to stay out of your own way I yeah. think that's a problem, and I think that's resonating through all of Lakers' nation right now. They all feel that same amount of eno- emotion, right? Yo, the fans have had
1: enough. They're ready to stage a revolution. They're taken to the streets. It is Purge LA on Friday as uh, Lakers fans will gather around Staples Center and, uh, yeah, protest Genie Bus. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Uh,
2: <laughs> it is.
1: And honestly, you know, I know some people on Twitter want to take this uh, – you know, high horse approach and be like, "What the hell are you guys doing? This is lame and pathetic." And
2: where does that land with you? What where, where do you think, like personally, like hearing that somebody's going to go out and protest a, a basketball team? How how does that sit with you? Just when
1: you know, there was a little part of me that was like, "Jesus Christ, like where where have we gotten ourselves to?" But then. Right. I take a step back and I'm like, wait, I do a podcast on on this organization, you know, every week. And I've done it for the last three years, you know, and it is a huge part of my life. And that's not, I'm not going to knock people for being that passionate about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they are probably feeling the same way as we are in terms of this has has trickle down effects on my everyday life, whether I want to admit it or not. And it's probably affected us in ways that we don't even know. And Your wife, my girlfriend, probably sees it in the way that I react. I I wouldn't necessarily pin it on the Lakers, but who knows if it has, you know? We can't tell. Right. It doesn't help, right? It doesn't help. Uh, And so I don't, honestly, I don't blame anyone for wanting to do that. I give them full power to do that. I'm not going to knock anyone for wanting to voice their displeasure. All power to the Lakers fans out there going to let their voices be heard at Staples Center and screw the people on Twitter who are trying to, you know, bash that. That I mean, that's my take right now. What about you? Right.
2: Yeah, no, as long as everything stays cool, right? You know, as long as it's more of a symbolic thing and not like an actual, like, somebody's, you know, rolling up to Staples Center, <laughs> really trying to talk to Jeannie Buss or anything like that. <laughs> but it's more, it's more about, right... The we're going to show you, Jeannie, just in case you forgot how much how much the Lakers fans, how much Lakers fans have their finger on the pulse of the NBA. We're going to show you not only are we going to voice our displeasure on social media, we're going to actually come down to Staples Center. And at the very least, we're going to get ESPN down there. Right. Because it is the Lakers name and anything with the Lakers associated, they're going to build up that firestorm on its own. And, you know, at the end of the day, who that looks bad on the bus family. Yeah. Because the Lakers have been synonymous, us Lakers fans have been synonymous with being ride or die, right? I c- catch myself and I'm thinking back to the whole Monty Williams hire and I'm thinking, you know, how quickly when the Suns fans tried speaking up, talking about, wow, Monty Williams chose the S- Suns over the Lakers, it was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Listen, we didn't offer anybody the job, all right? If Monty wanted to go to your little Phoenix Suns, he can go to your little Phoenix Suns when in reality, no, Monty, Monty, Williams did step and choose the Suns job over finding out what yep. was behind the Lakers job. And Ty Lu, who reports came out was the uh, number one choice. He couldn't even get a contract figured out with them because they wanted to one tie his contract to LeBron's uh, tenure with the Lakers, the rest of his deal. And two wanted to handpick his staff. I'm sorry. Isn't the building on fire? Why are you trying to pick my hand? Pick my firefighters. You picked me to come fix this, and now you're telling me the restrictions and the rules and regulations of how I'm supposed to fix it. Honestly, I'm Ty Lue. I don't blame them. I'm getting yeah. 10 million still from the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't have time for this bullshit. To be honest with you, so I, I don't know. I'm with the. I'm all about. Lakers fans making sure our voice, our microphone, our impression, our strength in numbers on social media and just on the NBA culture has always been directed outward. It might be time for the Lakers organization to see how that feels when those voices start shouting back into the room, you know?
1: Hey, and you know what, Ricky? The other thing that I just thought of is what a juxtaposition it is to look back on the fact that This isn't the first time the Lakers have, or Lakers fans have gathered in droves around Staples Center. And maybe I'll look foolish because maybe only a few hundred gather tomorrow. But just think about the juxtaposition, and I'm trying to paint an image for you here of Mm -hmm. when we did that for championship parades. Right. Wouldn't you say that that's also kind of silly? Isn't it silly that sports fans just go out in droves, take a day off work, and r- run the city just to cheer on this random team that won a championship? So you're gonna say we only do it in the good times? Shouldn't we be doing it in the bad times too? I'm actually convincing myself that I should go out there tomorrow. You know, in in terms of go. just just think about what a contrast that'll be for Jeannie Buss to see, and I'm, I'm, I hope some people will do this on Twitter, I, hell, I'll, I'll probably do it, where I'll take a picture of the Championship Day parades that we've had in the past, of all the people celebrating, and I want to take a picture of tomorrow, of all these people pissed off, with simply just how the front office has operated. Right. Just the black and white dichotomy of that.
2: Jeannie has had a, a level of protection around her, ever since she made the right decision to separate uh, Jim Bus, her brother from the organization, stripping him of his power and his decision-making. And she's had almost this cloak over her, whether it's in the media or just amongst Lakers fans that when we look to find who point the finger at and who to blame, it's never been pointed directly at her. And maybe, She physically needs to see the number of people that are upset because honestly, you know, people at Jeannie's level and people, you know, celebrities at stature, they can just, you know, not look at their social media. But Ramona Shelburne was talking about today um, on ESPN LA about how they are aware of the perception. They are aware uh, that they there would be a protest, but they she went on to talk about how there is stubbornness within that room. Of the minds that be the Illuminati of incompetency (laughs) of how if they get it right, everything's going to be okay. While that is true, while that is a fact, if the Lakers go out and sign Kyrie or sign Kawhi Leonard, yes, it will heal about 74 to 79 percent of the issues that happened this last year what, two years, right? (laughs) But that percentage of that happening is so small right now. And we see the rumors that come out about, oh, you know, well, Kyrie and LeBron, they made up and, you know, reunited. It feels so good. Dog, I believe it when I'll see it, right? There is all signs are pointing to... I made this analogy uh, today on Twitter. I said, I was talking to my co-host, Danny, Mm -hmm. and I said, if me and my ex... We decided that we wanted to get back together and try things again. And you know what? We learned from our mistakes and we think we could really grow together. And the only difference is this time she's moved back in with her parents and her parents are batshit crazy. (laughs) And if we got back together, I would have to deal with her and her crazy ass parents all the time. Is it worth it when I have other options on the table? I can go go. And go to the Knicks in the glamorous franchise. I'm talking about Kyrie, right? I can go to the Clippers and maybe she's not a supermodel with crazy ass parents. Maybe she's a librarian and she does Comic-Con on the weekends. And that's really hot, right? And that's totally okay to do. So you go to the safe bed in the Clippers for Kawhi Leonard. I don't see an avenue where I'm risking it all in literally my career and putting it in the hands of this front office. Does that scare you? Or do you think that the name of the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James outweigh the front office of the team?
1: Hey, you're not wrong for thinking any of those things. That is like the most sane angle to take and sensical angle to take. I... I'm still very confident in LeBron James, though, and I think what's been happening with the front office is only pushing him harder to step up, and I think we've heard from people like Stephen A. Smith and Chris Carter, who I guess has an in with LeBron or is pretty close with LeBron's camp, that LeBron is aggressively recruiting Kawhi Leonard as we speak, Mm -hmm. and I feel like LeBron James, you, you have to think in his head, he's like, oh, my God, what a shit show I've got to do something or else maybe I'll demand a trade. But before I get to that point, let me put out all the stops. I'm not saying this is like a silver lining or a blessing in disguise because you never want to know that your employer is as dysfunctional as the Lakers are. But at least we have LeBron James, the guy with probably the most power in the league right now.
2: and If not him, who?
1: Yeah, and the most power outside of the league in terms of the business he's growing and going to grow after his playing career days are over. Honestly, for LeBron, it's I know this sounds super simple and almost... Uh, yeah, yes just a super simple thought, but Space Jam 2, right? And I don't want to place a lot of importance <laughs> yeah. on Space Jam 2. Yes, let's do it. Just think about like 20 years from now. People are going to remember probably Space Jam 2 and... And the Lakers, more than they are, the dysfunction that happened in this five-year span. I hope. You know, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just putting your name and being able to put that on your resume, I think, has clout. And I'm sure that's what LeBron James is telling whoever he's reaching out to. We can overcome this if we do this together. And look at the bozos up top. Maybe we can overtake them, <laughs> you know, in some senses. So I, I'm still pretty confident in LeBron. And I think this is actually pushing him harder to step up, step up to the plate put out all the stops, and um, do his best job at recruiting because he sees that, oh my God, my back is being pushed against the wall. I either have to force my way out of here or really make sure that I get a Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker, etc., or this thing is over. Because I'm sure he's also thinking about if he inevitably forces a trade out of L.A., that's an admission of failure on his part, right? LeBron James doesn't want to do that. He wants Mm -mm. to say that he overcame this bullshit.
2: I don't think he will. I don't, I don't think LeBron will request a trade oh, out of LA. Oh, I don't think LA. so either,
1: but you have to think that's in his thought process, right?
2: Oh, for sure. I, I think he's, and you hit the nail on the head, I think he's in the stage where he's thinking, well, if I don't come in and try to uh, tidy things up around here, this is going to be a rocky next three years. Like, I, LeBron has, you know, what, what we know of, uh, the three houses in his NBA career, Miami, Cleveland, Los Angeles, right? LeBron has his kids settled in la and they're going to school and that seems like where lebron's going to involve his career even after he's done playing so i don't really the only way lebron is not a los angeles laker in these next three years is if you know the front office does some more crazy shit so you never know with that and lebron not having a no cra- trade cause but no going back to that uh Leonard Leonard point you you made there is a lot that there's like two separate pots that's brewing right now. And then you have the giant cauldron of the Lakers dysfunction. You have the pot of Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James teaming up. You you mentioned that LeBron is heavily trying to recruit LeBron, uh, recruit Kawhi. I saw I was watching uh, First Things First this morning. I tweeted out the video. Someone had uh, posted it uh, of Uh, Chris Carter talking about uh, Kawhi Leonard's options or the Lakers options going forward. He was like, well, let's just play the game. Is KD going to play for the Lakers? No. Is, um, you know, is uh, uh, Kyrie going to play for the Lakers? Uh, No, probably not. And then when he got to, no, I'm sorry. He went to uh, KD. Then he went to Clay, and he was like, nope and nope. Then he went to talk about Kawhi. And he paused. <laughs> I butchered this, but go watch the video. Go watch the way Chris Carter stops when he talks about Kyrie. And then, you know, um, his co-host. I don't know why. I'm Man, and Nick Wright came on. And he started talking about why Kawhi would probably stay in Toronto. And you can see on Chris Carter's face that he's like, watch your words. <laughs> you, I, 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 you were going to just speak, but I know. And that's telling. I butchered that whole little you no, know, no, no, story. Good, Go dude. watch the video. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it, I think there's something going on there. Then you got the whole reunited crew with Kyrie and LeBron. Honestly, I don't know what which one you would prefer. Honest, I would take either one and sure. the kiss the, the feet of whoever made that decision to actually bring them in. But Kyrie on the Lakers seems just a little bit more far-fetched. I think Kyrie is really close already in proximity where he's going to end up. Um, But if there is a recruiter out there, his name is LeBron James. And that whole little, when the Lakers went up and played in Toronto and after the game, he said, we'll be in touch. LeBron is obviously aware of where the microphones are, right? He's not stupid. Just like uh, last year or two years ago now, jeez, when Lonzo was a rookie and they met at center court after they faced for the first time. And then they talked with their hands over their mouth. LeBron is good for the theatrics. He knows how to play the room. He knows where the cameras are on. He knows when the microphones are hot, that whole we'll be in touch. That wasn't just for when they're going to meet up at Drake's after party. I think that was the prequel to, okay, this is the target, right? So, that's an amazing part of the conversation I have right in. It's almost like we go into like a little uh, escape shelter room right there. But once we open the door and we realize, oh yeah, no, there's still an entire apocalypse happening with the Lakers in their front office. It makes me lose all hope. Like where, where do we go from here and how will the Lakers ever try to figure out Who's in charge? Would you trust as a free agent, Jonathan? Would you trust that the Laker? Who is the decision maker for the Lakers right now? If you had to get, if you had to predict, who is the decision maker for the oh. Lakers?
1: It's uh, it's Linda and Kurt Rambis puppeteering Genie Bus. Those are the decision makers. Essentially, isn't that crazy? It is isn't crazy. That so weird. And, and to answer your question, if I was a free agent, would I be comfortable with this? Hell no, I wouldn't. But, and maybe this is too rosy an outlook and I'm going too Hollywood into this whole thing. But if we're looking at the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James as an epic movie and tale, right? I just feel like LeBron James is actually the main character, right? He is our main protagonist and it's LeBron against the world. At first, we thought it was LeBron against the Golden State Warriors, against Giannis, against Kyrie and the Celtics. Nah, it's LeBron against his own team right now. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the storyline. And in any good story, you have an A plot, you have a plot A, and then a plot B, right? Whatever the hell Linda Rambis, Rob Blink, and Jeannie Bus are doing, that's the weird side-ass story where the unimportant characters are trying to carry out some stupid side mission that really amounts to nothing, right? LeBron okay. James is, has to be the renegade here on the actual real mission, doing this on his own. And we have to mm-hmm. be rooting for that guy more than ever. So even the Lakers fans who were wary about LeBron James, y'all got to get on board. You know what I mean? The guys who love Kobe and don't really want to see LeBron succeed, y'all got to get on board. Jump on LeBron's back because he is our only hope.
2: Only hope. 100%. You, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head right there. If we're not all team LeBron at this point in time, like here's the one thing that this did do. It has taken all of the heat off of LeBron James as far as what, who is the source for the, why the blame pie of why the Lakers season went bad, like clutch Forge be damned. LeBron be damned. This was an internal issue with the Los Angeles Lakers and pieces that uh, Jeannie Buss put in place to run the organization and the confidants she has entrusted to make these decisions, right? So I think everybody in the room that raises their hand and says that they're a Los Angeles Lakers fan should probably be hoping that LeBron is no longer taking the position of I'm not trying to be seen as running a franchise. No, no, no. LeBron. Hey, hey, hey. Lakers fan over here. This is Ricky. Yep, yep, yep. First time. First time caller. uh, All time listener. Um, I need you to take over and start making demands that, that aren't asking for trades. I need LeBron the coach. I need LeBron the GM because in the room, I trust LeBron to make the best decisions right now. Don't
1: you? I do, and for anyone who's watched Avengers Endgame, Ricky, you've seen Avengers, right, by now? Yep. Okay, LeBron James is our Iron Man. He is, in some people's eyes, he's probably ready to settle down. His legacy is secure. Like you said, maybe the blame is off him at this point. Even if everything goes to shit the rest of the way, people will point the finger at the Lakers front office and Genie Bus, right? But Mm -hmm. we need LeBron to get up off his laurels and say— I'm a step up right now, even though I may have more to lose here and bring this all back together and carry this freaking franchise out of the abyss. And he may die trying doing that, but we need LeBron James to be our Iron Man. LeBron, we love you 3000, you know.
2: (laughs) This is your best work. That is your best analogy I've ever heard that you've made ever on any of your shows.
1: I wasn't very articulate with it, LeBron but people James get the picture. LeBron James is our Iron
2: Man in Endgame. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> he <laughs> didn't have to. He doesn't have to do anything right now, right? LeBron can sit back, continue to score points, just like how he did when he passed MJ. LeBron can sit there, and while the house is on fire, he can keep setting records and do his own thing. And to be honest, his legacy will still be intact. This Lakers, these next this four-year stretch with the Lakers... Good or bad, it will not define LeBron's career, right? LeBron is going to be a top five, top three, top whatever player ever. And whether Lakers win a championship, Lakers win four games for the rest of his career, right? He's solidified, but it's not enough for him to be okay with his wife and kids at the cabin, We need him to come back and save the universe, man. Absolutely. The universe is Lakers (laughs) nation. LeBron, we need you right now. I don't care if you up at 3 in the morning and then it just clicks while you're sitting there on Instagram Live. We just need you to figure out whatever motivation you need to do, and it sounds like you're doing it, so I don't want to doubt you, and get Kawhi over to headquarters immediately. Right, <laughs> immediately get Fat Thor and bring him home, right? We need Absolutely. everybody right now. So, um, I, man, I'm great, glad you're great, on board. great work. Yes, <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, to your point about him opting out, he can also opt out by just requesting a trade from this situation entirely. You know, Iron Man could have done that his own way as well, but we need him to be present and in the moment because this is his, <laughs> this is his toughest challenge yet, if you can believe it or not. I mean, the Lakers it, it are really is. putting putting him to the test here.
2: It's amazing. Yeah. What if he What if he pulls through with that though? Like, what type of story would that be? Would that equal the, how Endgame ended? Right. Like, <laughs> that would be I, honestly, monumental.
1: It won't be this way for Cleveland fans, but that would probably be a a bigger feat than getting Cleveland a championship right now, with how things are looking with regards to this franchise and organization and last thing I'll say before we go to break Ricky and tying it back all the way back to the Lakers fans gathering and protest has that ever actually happened to the buses and this Lakers organization in the last 30 years like a legit protest outside of the stadium and I'm not old enough to really know and and so social media hasn't been around for us to you know, actually go into the history books and know that off the bat. But uh, I don't think that's ever happened, right? We've seen it happen to, you know, fans in uproar against the Clippers owner, Donald mm-hmm. Sterling. But what a terrible mark to have for Genie Bus as one of the owners of the Los Angeles Lakers to know that historically fans have never come out in have never come out in droves the way that they are going to on Friday to protest their displeasure of how you're running the team. That is historic on its own level. And that is sad.
2: Absolutely, man.
1: With that said, we're going to take it to the break. And when we return, we're just going to talk about the situation, because this kind of veered in a totally different direction and one that I actually like, but I didn't anticipate it going this way. But when we come back, we're going to close the show and actually delve a little bit deeper into the actual situation at hand, how the Lakers fumbled the bag and what we're supposed to do from here. I'm gonna to pitch to our sponsors and then we'll catch you guys after the turn. All right, Ricky, now that we've been able to stretch a little bit, <laughs> that was our warm up, <laughs> believe yeah, it or right. not. Ooh. Um my question to you is, and I'm gonna do a spoiler alert and say before we end this podcast, have a positive spin on everything like I, like I usually do. Uh, but Lakers fans will get enough of their cathartic release with regards to venting about this terrible situation that we're in. Um, but quickly let's take stock of what has happened. Yep. Last year, Paul George said, nah, thanks to the Lakers first before it was cool. Like the little hipster punk that he is, although huh. that's probably more representative of his, of his teammate Westbrook. But anyways, he said, nah. And the fact that he chose Westbrook over us is already telling in and of itself. Um, Number two, then Magic Johnson stepped down and said, "I don't like what goes on behind closed doors. I'm out." Then Monty Williams said, "I'm going to choose cheap ass Robert Sarver in the desert <laughs> oh, <laughs> for an organization and, and an organization that had the number one pick last year and didn't pick Luka Doncic over the Lakers." Sorry. <sighs> number four, and lastly, Ty Lu after being lowballed and told who to pick as his assistant coaches, got fed up and said. I don't need this, I know my worth, peace out. And in some cases, based off of some rumors, maybe even add Luke Walton to that list with regards to guys who are fed up and ready to move on, you know? Right. That is a long list in just the span of a year, dude. Okay, so so we've taken stock of everything that's happened there. My question to you is, what's the worst part about all of this? I know a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit are saying, why the hell are we caring so much about Ty Lue. It's not like he was Phil Jackson. It's not like he's the next Brad Stevens. Why do we care so much about Ty Lue? Obviously, yeah. it's not about Tyron Lue being a unicorn coach. At this point, it's about the optics of everything that's happened in the span of this last year alone. The fact that we have LeBron James and all of these promising young core pieces and a lottery pick coming in and the discourse around the team can be so despondent and... Oh my God. I I don't even know what words to use right now. Just (laughs) so dysfunctional is amazing to me, but that's what's going on. So it's not about Tyronn Lue being a unicorn coach, unicorn coach. It's about the trajectory of dysfunction and disarray. The Lakers have been on since Palenka and magic have taken over.
2: Um, It's all of it. It's not, it's not one thing it's, all of the it's the sum of it all you explained it perfectly it's the trickle down it's it's a it's a leak that just finally opens up and it's drip 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 the worst part about all this to me like i'm not going to lie it was it was it was magic stepping down and mm-hmm. that symbolized to me that okay the jig is up this, yeah. this ain't this is this ain't what we said it was. The whole, the, all the analogies, all of the poetic soliloquies about the different players that we signed, mana from heaven. You know, sitting outside in the car for three hours beforehand, trying to bring showtime. Lonzo's jersey needs to be in the rafters, right? Magic said on that day, two things. I'm not having fun slash I want to go be Magic Johnson. And two, there is dysfunction in this building to the point where I need to walk away from it. Uh, Imagine being in the face of something and walking away from it because the internal parts are so broken down and just so dismayed that there is no repair. They're they they did not even go to counseling, Jonathan, like they, <laughs> th- you know, they didn't even sit yeah. down and talk, go on Ayana, fix my life. They didn't do any of that. <laughs> Magic said I'm out like he sent. Th- there was the equivalent of sending a text, breaking up via text. That's what he did to Jeannie. And that might a lot of Lakers fans thought that was the best decision that Magic stepped away. And to be honest, I think it might have been, too. He had a part of some of the decision making in the process. And we thought, OK, we get rid of that. We'll be good to go. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't even a third of the pie. Right. All Magic did was you you pick that scab and then you see, oh, my God, this is this is awful
1: hey ricky it's it's not drip 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 at this point it's flood 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 you know yeah it's
2: a flood now that's for sure that is 100% the ad thing was it was a pretty big drip that was a crack and you know in the foundation right and then you come up and just how the rest of the uh, the season went and then the rumors start coming up of the dysfunction that between walton in the front office and walton in lebron and players asking to be traded because internally uh michael beasley doesn't like you know luke walton and all that those are all drips oh no we are we are flooded
1: Yo, the dam is broken, and that's not even water that's coming through. <laughs> I wanted to say one thing with regards to, I actually agree that, you know, the Magic Johnson thing, stepping down, if you take a wide-angle look at everything, is probably the worst out of all this. But I think because this happened after that, <laughs> the, the breakdown in negotiations and the Lakers overplaying their hands with Tyron Lue, just for the sole fact that it happened after the worst thing, makes this the worst thing. Does that make sense? Because after such a debacle as the Magic Johnson thing, essentially dumping the Lakers' ass, you'd think that the Lakers would have enough self-awareness to know that we have to button things up and keep it simple moving forward. And the fact that they didn't do that is, I think, so telling of the way things are going and how things are operating up top. Um, you can't have what happened to you on the last day of regular season with Magic Johnson dumping you by following it up with this embarrassing and public pie-in-your-face epic fail of a negotiation fallout. Because you'd think that every step along the way, like, oh, they learned their lesson. Okay, for sure this time they learned their lesson. But no, every single time the Lakers f- seem to find a way to surprise us in the worst possible scenario, or in the worst possible way.
2: They outdo themselves every time. (laughs) They 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 do. They just keep outdoing themselves.
1: Contributing to all of this is the fact that the the Lakers' lack of communication and transparency in all of this has only dug their grave deeper for them. Because Mm -hmm. let's say we give them the benefit of the doubt, and let's say that in reality there is some small inkling or semblance of devil's advocate, benefit of the doubt, logical rationale to the things they're doing up top. Let's say that even exists, right? Well, we wouldn't know because they've let the media and the fans control the entire narrative of all of their blunders. And even Ramona, even continuing to use Ramona Shelburne right now to try and rationalize their decisions...
2: Yeah, this is hurts. ...is
1: terrible. Her coming out and saying that them choosing... Or them walking away from Tyron Lue was for the kids, so that it doesn't look like that they're they're giving LeBron <laughs> everything he wants, is the worst explanation I've ever heard in my life. Like, who's now, gonna now buy that? Now they're thinking that? about the kids. <laughs> I know, exactly.
2: We went from fuck them kids to Whitney Houston. What about the children? Think about the children. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's I I am here for the spin cycle, right? And we're not we're no longer in the spin cycle. We have all stepped outside of it. Well, most of us have, and we're not even buying into the media reports. Like they're just arrows being thrown at us in different perspective and different takes. And we're looking at it like, all right. Yeah. Nope. That's, that's uh that's genie's angle right there. Yep. And there, Oh, there goes Polinka's angle over there. Ah, there's clutch sports coming around the corner. Yep. There's their angle coming from different people. Like at a point now it's like, Shut up talking to me like there was there was reports that were coming out when it was the contract negotiations between Ty Lue and the Lakers were progressing, quote unquote. And I'm like, I have never really seen reports about negotiations progressing towards a deal and then follow up quotes, just talking more and more about it. And all right. Now they're talking about what assistance that they're thinking about getting. All right. I guess Tom Thibodeau is a good name and Frank Vogel is. Wait, 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 wait. Ah, uh, yes, this is the Anthony Davis thing again. Too much information means that something is not going right. And lo and behold, it didn't go right. So, <laughs> like, you are so r- right on the head talking about the aftermath after the aftermath ends up being the worst thing. But I think I'm a little shell-shocked right now. I I can't even feel completely the anger in the rage that I once had earlier. Now I'm just bracing for the, the, like I said earlier, what's, what's the next move? What's the next decision that these Lakers make? I know that you have always tried to keep the level head as we listen to you on the (laughs) Lakers legacy podcast every week. Right. And try to give the perspective in March towards, you know, how, what are the next steps for the Lakers to improve? But I know it's tiring, man, to do things like that and record a whole podcast. And then just to hear yeah. the type of dysfunction and how much it's like, well, let me just rip this up real quick. Because clearly yeah. they just like throwing curveballs at us, you know, like I, I, I'm just trying. I'm struggling to understand holistically how Jeannie plans to bounce back from any of this as an organization like they almost have to go further in before they can ever come back and it looks like to be their plan well Ricky look they haven't even
1: talked to us we haven't heard a peep out of them since the regular season ended for they're pretty much up there in their ivory tower Mm -hmm. and we haven't heard anything not even a statement if they had just given us a blurb of hey shit went down it's kind of messy right now we're working through stuff I would, I would love that, you know? I'd be like, okay, well, at least they're self-aware to know that they're scrambling and uh, we got to give them some time. But we haven't even gotten that. Instead, they're using their media channels to try and, you know, shift the narrative this way, spin it that way. And I'm just like, can you guys just grab the mic and say something? I don't care if it sounds like the stupidest thing that we won't believe. But just talk to your fans and let us know that we exist. You know what I mean, and I think that's what people are gonna do, you know, on Friday or if you're listening to this today. And I think at this point, a good word to represent or characterize how I'm feeling right now is desensitized. I I'm kind of mm. I'm pretty numb to it all right now. Okay, the last thing I'll say is just just grab the mic, speak, um, spinning it through back channels and media buddies. It, it won't suffice. We're well past that at at this point. I just need Genie Bus to say something to the public or Rob Polenka to say something.
2: Don't CEOs, when like something bad happens to the company, there's a breach, there's some type of mistrust? Yeah, do that damage happened. control.
1: At least do damage control. control. They're the not even doing damage control.
2: That. <laughs> Where is the PR? Who's in charge of Lakers PR right now? I don't understand. They go and talk. I feel like the Lakers go and talk to TMZ before they would yes. ever put out a it's press terrible. release. It's terrible.
1: It's very Hollywood
2: exactly you know i'm a a midwest dude so you know i'm trying to balance out the perception of you know this is how you know l.a gets down a little hollywood it's like i'm like no it doesn't have to be like that you can be a competent team and run your organization like you actually are ingrained in the day-to-day operations or not flying by the seat of your pants consulting people that i don't know were firmly employed at the playboy mansion in chicago and now they're your quote-unquote Confidant and director of special projects. What the hell are the special projects? Makes you think about it, don't you think? But anyways, <laughs> we don't no, need to no, dive yeah, into I, that. I agree
1: with you. Uh, at least if if you have the gall to make the decisions you're making, at least go out there. I don't know how people are gonna take this. At least go out there like Donald Trump does and <laughs> you know own it. You know what I mean? Like make it make it own it. Just own it. That's all I ask for. Um Okay, so we're going to spin this in a positive way. The last thing I'll say is what I want the Lakers to do is go back to the table with Tyron Liu, get on your hands and knees, beg, show some humility for once in your life, show that you misread the room in the situation, you mishandled the leverage you thought you had, and way overplayed your hand, and say that you need help. Offer him up four years, offer him up five years, don't force assistance on him because Actually, now I know what the worst thing is, Ricky. The fact that you ostracize one of LeBron James' boys is the worst thing. You're getting mm-hmm. Iron Man more mad, you know, unnecessarily. We've heard the Richard Jefferson stuff about how his boy Luke got disrespected. Now Tyron Lue got disrespected. And this is all going to trickle down to LeBron James as well. You can bet Richard Jefferson is hitting him up daily and being like, yo, why are you still dealing with this bullshit? That is the worst part about all this, ostracizing LeBron James and his camp with regards to the only coach that he respected and who he would go to bat for, you know? What do you think Tyron Lue is telling him in his text?
2: Oh, my God. What what do you think Tyron Lewis telling other coaches? What do you think other agents are telling other agents? What do you think LeBron is telling Richard Jefferson, who was also talking to other players around the league? This is why when the talks about Kawhi and Kyrie come up, I'm like, I'm sorry. The Lakers are poison ivy with the sign in front that says don't touch. It's poison ivy. Like, I don't I don't know what to do. There is no positivity but i think you have some positivity for us so i do you know okay yeah It all. okay (laughs) so
1: it all goes back to to basketball and it's gonna take some compartmentalizing on everybody's part okay i know it's hard to do but let's look at the landscape of the nba with regards to the lakers right the lakers as it stands with basketball will actually be in better shape than they were To last year's team, obviously, if they're just even a little bit more healthy. But also with regards to what's going to happen this offseason to other super-powered teams. If the Lakers literally stand pat, do nothing, and just don't sign Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and Michael Beasley again. And actually sign contributors. And stay healthy. They are going to, just by virtue of what I think is about to happen... To some of these top teams and the superstar movement, they are going to be in a better place basketball wise. Boston obviously regressed this year. Boston's out, by the way. That's something to uh, cheer for. Yes,
2: that's the positivity. That's the positivity, exactly. I appreciate that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, Boston, even if, yeah, Boston regressed this year and they seem on the verge of losing Kyrie Irving, right? They're going to lose him for nothing. And with that, probably uh, Al Horford too and they'll be stuck with Gordon Hayward's contract. So Boston's going to be a worse team. The Philadelphia 76ers, look, they won tonight, pushed it to Game 7. Awesome. In a sense, they've kind of plateaued, though, and they are going to be forced into a situation where they now have to overpay for Jimmy Butler, or if Jimmy Butler has his mind set on going to Brooklyn or even to Los Angeles, they're going to have to see him go for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And then what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to turn right around and look Tobias Harris in the eye and say, We're going to overpay you. Or Tobias Harris is going to walk and they just lost Landry Shamit, two first round picks, two second round picks for nothing. So Philly's going to be worse. Mm -hmm. The Golden State Warriors are about to lose Kevin Durant for nothing. Paul George is still going to be stuck with Russell Westbrook, who's going to be a year older. If the Lakers do absolutely nothing and just get healthier, they'll be in better shape than all of those aforementioned teams. Even the the Rockets are going to be one year older, Chris Paul is breaking down like a mother-effer. <laughs> He's going to be 35 next year. LeBron James is on the up and up. I mean, you know, hopefully if this isn't a sign of things to come, what happens to him this year. But if he bounces back, on, in a basketball sense, we should be okay and we just need to separate what's going on as best as we can up top. From the basketball sense of things. Because even looking at how the Lakers season ended. With LeBron James, Cal Kuzma, Lonzo Ball on the bench. Like cheering on Caruso and Jamario Jones. If you take a snapshot of that. You wouldn't think that the Lakers were dysfunctional. You know? Right. So we need to call that positive energy up. And remember that from a basketball point of view. The Lakers are in pretty good position. The front office just kind of needs to do the simple thing, and do what's obvious and right in front of them, which they haven't done so far. But if they do that, the Lakers, I'm telling you, will be in a better position, sadly, by and I'm grading on a curve here, obviously, just by the fact that other teams around them are going to fall off a little bit. And obviously, with superstars moving, that means they're going to other teams and bolstering them, but it just seems like there's going to be more, more parity across the league with superstars wanting their own teams, right? So the, the super teams are kind of getting split apart and teams that we thought were going to be mainstays for the next couple of years. That's not going to be the reality next year. The, the Celtics are going to have to regroup. So the Lakers have LeBron James as it is. And by pure virtue of the fact that other teams are going to have to scramble because they lost a superstar or two puts the Lakers at an advantage. So Ricky, you have the last word here.
2: Uh, I was sitting here like that uh, Alonzo Morning sitting on the bench gif, like <laughs> sh- shaking my head. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I mean, th- you're right. Uh, that makes sense. I think there's, there's a lot of, there are so many dominoes and so many different scenarios, or if we want to keep the theme going, there are so many different uh, multiverses going on right now mm-hmm. of what could happen this summer. Um, hey, maybe this is the only way that the Lakers can come back to glory. It needs to get so bad and so desperate. And LeBron might have to risk his life to save the franchise (laughs) that, but at the end of the day, we are the 2020 Pacific division runner-ups and four seed in the playoffs. That would be a miracle in my mind. After this right now. But you're absolutely right, man. Like if like first things first for me, I hope Brandon Ingram turns returns to health like what we saw for him uh, before he went down uh, with the blood clots in his arm uh, was an emerging very good player right don't want to get too ahead of ourselves we saw what Lonzo Balls uh, could be when he starts to get aggressive going towards the hoop we like that right what happened with him? he got injured right let's let's figure that out hopefully you know he'll be in some Nikes this year and they can actually put some attention towards his feet uh, <laughs> Kyle me. Kuzma we I, I think we all know what Kuzma is he just you know needs to continue to be more consistent right and then LeBron James is LeBron James We just need LeBron James to be healthy and not completely distraught and checked out because everything has gone south. And if those things happen and the Lakers are healthy, yeah. Yeah, no, no, this still hasn't changed. Like, what the hell? We thought as Lakers fans with Ray John Rondo and Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley that we were definitely going to the Western Conference. Well, not definitely, but we're in contention for the Western Conference Finals. I don't think that really changes in my mind. Like if there's just a semi and this was also with the mediocre head coach, right? If the Lakers hire a competent head coach and I'm very scared about that part, I still think that this is a, a team that can contend in the West and at the very least, Jonathan to put a ball on this, just be enjoyable to watch. Like we've watched some, we we endured some really shitty basketball in like 14 and 15, 15, 16, right? All the way, still all the way through. And we started to get that hope back that with LeBron, we'd be back, back, Uh, man. I don't ever (laughs) want to say that again. (laughs) Uh, Back, back. Right. But, and, and here we are. So there is still hope There's still that twinkle, twinkle little star, but man, we are starting to get really far from, um, from planet earth right now, as far as an organization, but you're right. We can do it. You can do it, but it's going to take a lot, man. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Hey, we just got to do the mental gymnastics thing and uh, try and pull each other up uh, because we're all we have right now. You know what I'm saying? Lakers fans, you're out there in Staples Center. Do the damn thing. Hey, Ricky, thanks so much for hopping on. I told you it was going to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We're here an hour later, and uh, this is what happens. Um, with that said, why don't you just plug all your plug all your shit once again. Let the people know where they can find you, where they can hear you, and uh, yeah, let's take it out.
2: Absolutely, guys. Yeah, it was a blast having me on, man. Like I said, uh, well, I haven't. This is my first time on this show. Uh, Jonathan, you are the reason you and the rest of the Lakers Legacy Boys are the reason why I got into podcasting. So, uh, you know, salute to you guys for, um, you know, being inspiration uh, to (laughs) me. But no, you can listen to the Late Night Lake Show podcast um, not say for work actually but you can listen to the late night late show podcast subscribe to it you know all of your uh podcast outlets you can find us holler at alexa holler at google you can see us you can follow me at mr ricky spanish on twitter uh that's where i do my most damage as far as content and interaction so let's talk let's follow each other and let's uh let's talk lakers man again thank you so much for having me on jonathan i had a blast
1: Absolutely. I'm humbled by your words. Glad you were able to come on so that I wasn't mindlessly talking myself into oblivion by myself. I really, really hate doing that. And you'll know that if you ever have to do a solo pod on your own, it's terrifying. You're just talking into the dark abyss. Also, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. You know where to find us on all the podcast platforms as well. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating interview. That helps us out a lot as well. And Ricky, there's only one way to end this podcast. I am LeBron James.
2: That was called We Out.